from 99.9 The Fan. This is The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Sponsored by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. As always, I've got the good news and bad news. Which do you want first? You always take the bad news. We'll start with NC State. Dennis, what are you concerned about when it comes to the men's basketball Wolfpack? I know we haven't really gotten into their game yesterday. I know we're going to react more. We're going to have plenty, plenty of reactions. Plenty of that coming up here yesterday. I know yesterday they shortened the bench a little bit. We're definitely going to dive into that a little bit. I still am not sure because we only saw it one game. What is your rotation? <laughs> what is your lineup looking like? We saw things really shrink down yesterday. A ton. And it benefited them, I feel like. But to me, I'm still concerned. It's like, okay, you did it once. Can you? What's it going to look like? In your next game, in the game after that, in the game after that, it's they did it last night, and we're gonna we're gonna give them their credit where their credit oh, is due. Oh, hundred percent. But there's things like um, O'Connell got the start and was kind of the guy running the show. Had a couple turnovers early, and they didn't immediately say, "Oh, good thing we have twelve guys we like playing." O'Connell, you're out. Uh, no, they let him play, and he ended up have, leading the team in assists and made some really big plays down the stretch, and he played big minutes. Just had to be like a game manager. Yeah, just just no, it was fine. Get into a rhythm. They had four guys that essentially played way more minutes than than you would expect a team that has been shuffling in as many guys in there to have anybody play. Uh, my concern, DJ Burns. Hmm. He had a couple stretches yesterday where he, he was a liability out there, particularly on defense. We know what he can do on offense, but the production hasn't quite been there. And he played 13 minutes last night. That's that's not a ton. And they won the game against a decent, like ACC, middle to middle above pack uh, uh, Miami squad. So the concern might be, how does that shake up your locker room when somebody that everybody loves loves and trusts as much as DJ, if he get, has his uh, his role diminished a bit? It's always a weird feeling. What are you confident in when it comes to NC State? Well, I'll follow up on that saying, if he buys into that, then everyone else is going to buy into it. That's really what it comes down to. My confidence is actually Mo Diara. Mine is Mo Diara. Okay, but okay, we'll, we'll, we'll jump right in. Here's the thing. We never discuss actually what nope. our cons and cons are going to be before time. the so show. So when they line up, that means it's something that's probably pretty obvious. So I like the way that Mo Diara is. I think he's a guy that understands his role. He brings a ton of energy. You know he's going to rebound and play defense like crazy. You know what? He's going to drop a few points in there for you, and it's like a bonus. Mm-hmm. But I love the energy and the and the just the way that he plays the game. And he he, he knows, like, you know what? Not everything's going to run through me, and that's okay, but I'm going to do my role to the max. And he does it. When you have Horn, when you have Taylor, when you have Marcel, mm-hmm. it's going to be a lot of shots out there on the perimeter. Oh, yeah. And sometimes you need a guy that doesn't mind a kickout pass. You know what I mean? Doesn't mind a rebound and a kickout. Uh, I, I I really like what DR brings. I think there's a little bit more bounce. Uh, I think there's and, – and Middlebrooks, you know, they essentially divided up the minutes at the five at the center position kind of equally between Burns, Middlebrooks, and Diara. Mm-hmm. I think Diara needs to start getting a, a, a little bit more of that, that, that pie just because of exactly what you said. You know what you're going to get out of him. And at that position, I don't need you to win the game, right? At that position, I don't need you to win the game. I need you to be there in a dependable way for the guys who I do want to win the game. <laughs> And 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 that's I, I just I really like Dr. He's he's grown on me a ton over the past you know, six or seven games. Uh, Wake Forest up next. What are you concerned about for the Demon Deacons? It's defense. 
They're one of the worst. By the way, they haven't played since the last time we did this. No, they have not played since Wednesday last week. Yep. It's the last time that they played, which is just wild to think about. Um, But to me, it's defense for them. They actually are on the road at Pitt tonight. But it's it's their defense because we know that they can score. But for them defensively, they're the one of the worst in the ACC in terms of points allowed per game. I, I one of clar- the worst. I want to clarify. They haven't played since Monday. I'm sorry. I take that back. Monday last week. It's been over a week. Yep. Um, but nonetheless, defensively is where they struggle the most right now. And they get into a lot of high-scoring affairs. And they're basically at a point where I just got to outshoot teams. That's really it. This is the same one I had last week in a different way. Um, they're losing a lot recently. That's what I'm concerned about. Okay. They've lost three of their last five. They have. There are things I like watching them play. I mean, their last game was, you know, feels like forever ago. They were leading UNC at half, and then they got blown out in the second half. You watch that game, and you're like, wow, they were leading UNC at half. Like, they, they do a lot that I like, but they just they don't finish well. They don't. And, and it goes back to early in the year where they were like 9-3, and three, I think it was, and they were 0-3 in close games and 9-0 and in games decided by double figures. And they had won some, some close games since. They won an overtime game. They, they did find a way to, to win some of them. But I'm still just not sure if they have that, that, you know, that winning formula in the second half of games to finish them out. And it, it shows when you watch a game and go, you know, I think they played pretty well, but they lost. And then they win one, and then the next game, I think they played pretty well, but they lost. It's like, well, then win. If you're going to play pretty well, win. Uh, so it's it's kind of an abstract one there. Uh, what are you confident in when it comes to the Wake Forest team? I think this fact that they've been off for nine days actually is a plus because when's the last time or how often do you get a week of time where you can really recalibrate yourself, do your self-scout, and really adjust what you need to do going into the the stretch run here of your season. To me, for, for Coach Steve Forbes out there, this is a chance to, all right, guys, let's figure out where we're bad on defense, where we're struggling, what adjustments can you make, and also, guys, just to kind of get a little bit healthy because everyone during the course of seasons can have bumps and bruises. Sometimes actually stepping back from games for a little bit allows you to heal up some. To me, I think they're going to have that mental – and physical reset going in for this last six weeks of the season. Is it too long to benefit? Like, we're going to talk about the UNC loss more today. Mm-hmm. And there's some out there spin zoning it to, well, it's actually going to upset them, the, you know, make them angry the perfect amount going into that Duke game. Now they're going to be fired up. Is is nine days off too, too long for that UNC game to still be like, did they get mad and then calm down and then remember it and get mad again and then chill out? Because that, the- that, that game was brutal. They were ahead at half, lost by 20-plus, then had nine days. Is it just percolating, or is it too long? There is something to be said about losing the rhythm of playing yep. games. See, I, see I'm, yeah. a, I'm a former football player. We rarely got nine days off. No, like, unless you had an off week, yeah. as simple as that. For me, lacrosse, like you're playing like Wednesday, Saturday, Wednesday, and, and, Saturday. And that's a generally. lot of times basketball. You're playing yeah. twice a week. You're playing twice a week. a week. And so, yeah, for me, it was sometimes when you actually got like a, a little stretch off, during the season, it was kind of nice. It was nice. I just don't like. I, I want them to come out firing because it's like, oh, let's get well, that. It, as they should. Like yeah. you know what? You have every reason to come out firing in this one. You got to play Pitt tonight. My on com- the road. My yeah, that's a t- tough place. Uh, my confidence is they're starting five. Their starting five is really. I good. look at their starting five. There's no one I don't like. Especially like with Efton Reed, kind of established now. He's been there for a while. Carr, Miller, Salas, Hildreth. I, I like all five of those guys. Some more than others, but there's nobody there. I'm like, oh, you know, that's 
He's, he wouldn't be a contributor if he was on X team. Like, they're, they're all very solid ACC players. So I'm confident in their starting five. They're going to give a lot of teams pro- problems in the ACC tournament. They, they can flat out score. Like they, yeah. Four of those guys I just read, Reed kind of being the only one not, but mm-hmm. four of those guys could go for 20 any game. They could go for 20, drop of a hat. And and Reed could put up a double-double drop of a hat. So it's that's a lot of different guys you have to account for. It's a very uh, – they have a plateau of a roster, right? It's not like a peak where there's one guy at the top. There's a plateau where it goes up, and then there's four or five guys that are all the <laughs> equal, like, number one option, which is a weird way to build a basketball team. Usually there's very much like a go-to scorer, a defensive stopper, a this, a that. They're all kind of like, I could be the leading scorer. I could be the leading scorer. I could be the leading scorer. It's a weird way to deal with it, but I, I, I don't know. It's good vibes. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Uh, let's go to Duke. I, I mean, it's appropriate, right? Duke, North Carolina. That it's Duke, North Carolina week. They're going to be yeah. the last two we talk about. Uh, what are you concerned about for Duke? To me, it's actually depth right now because we have seen when Mark Mitchell and or Jeremy Roach has been banged up in the last couple weeks, especially when Mark Mitchell doesn't play, it changes their dynamic of the team so much. But out, outside of – I mean, look at this last game against Virginia Tech. Mitchell, Filipowski, Proctor, Foster, McCain all started. Roach, because of his injury, was coming off of the bench – and that's what uh, um, John Shire said. Like, yeah, because of the injury, that's the reason why we didn't start him. But after that, the only other guy outside of those six that played double-digit minutes was Ryan Young. And there's been stretches of games where he's only played three or four minutes. And yeah, Sean Stewart got four minutes, but that's it. Like, that rotation got really tight. And it's it's going to be hard on those, like, six, seven guys to run them throughout the course of the season. Like, you still need, to me, like, an eighth guy that can come off the bench – and be like, all right, I can trust you to play 10 minutes. They don't have that right now. Sometimes it's it's hard to even find, like, the seventh guy to find double-digit minutes. This is, the, uh, this is monumental for Duke. This is the first time in, I think, over a month that my concern is not going to be edge and attitude. Okay. My concern is depending too much on the three. Mm. You know, there's the saying, live by the three, die by the three. Man, they are. I mean, in, in their most recent game, they they thrived by the three. They they knocked them down at a very very high rate. They're going to be tough to beat if Roach, Proctor, and McCain, and Foster are all hitting threes at a pretty good clip, right? Because any team, if you have four guys that are knocking down threes at a pretty good clip, is going to be tough to beat. But what if? What if two of them have an off shooting night, right? Mm-hmm. What if Roach isn't knocking down the the three? What if McCain isn't knocking down the three? And I know he didn't this past week, but everybody else kind of kind or this past game, but everybody else kind of picked him up. Uh, what else do they do they go to to be the the cornerstone, right? Their offense is pretty darn good going outside in when the outside is working. Can they go inside out when the outside is is a little struggle bus? That's what I'm I'm asking, and that's a, a new concern. But for once, at least, I'm not going edge and attitude. Uh, what are you confident in when it comes to Duke? Right now, it's Proctor. 
Like he's playing you like got the 50% of mine. Yeah, he's he's playing like the Tyrese Proctor that you and I, when we predicted him to actually be ACC player year at the start of this season. About he he's about two weeks late on his ascent from last year. Kind of right at the yeah. new year he he started ascending last season. This year it started about halfway through January. And I think a lot of that had to do with the ankle injury that mm-hmm. he suffered. I think actually but maybe even, against Georgia Tech. Even before the injury, mm-hmm. he wasn't quite what I was hoping he was going to be. The last three, four games, he he's really stepped it up. Yeah, and he's been phenomenal. And I think when he is playing at this level, I think it alleviates some of the pressure off Jeremy Roach being that senior veteran guy on the roster. But also it allows, if he's playing well and Roach and obviously Filipowski's doing his thing, it actually allows Caleb Foster and Jared McCain to actually – kind of have room to breathe it's almost like it's they're almost kind of like oh you're the number three wide receiver but you're also really good but you're getting really good matchups against like a nickel corner (laughs) you know like (laughs) you're not going against the number one defender every single time so it actually allows you to actually have more opportunities to score I think that's the thing for me is that when Tyrese Proctor is playing at his highest it allows other guys to really play to their max mine is Proctor and McCain Hmm. McCain is is really good, uh, really talented. There's a reason why he's mocked into the first round in, in a lot of different places, a lot of NBA big boards, uh, and, and Proctor's bringing a little bit of swagger. McCain has a little bit of swagger. And those two guys bringing that, I think, is important for Duke, and they've been doing that recently. And one thing I really like uh, about McCain is during this little Proctor resurgence, McCain's had some games where he wasn't at his best, particularly scoring the basketball, and he found a way to impact the game otherwise, right? I I call it like, I'm leaving here with something, right? Like, I might not leave with 20 points, but I'm getting 10 rebounds. I might get six assists. I might get three steals. Like, I'm leaving here with something. And and, uh, I really like that from McCain. So Proctor and McCain are what I'm confident in there. Uh, And I'll just throw this out there. The fact that we did... (laughs) A full confidence and didn't mention Kyle Filipowski really at all. No. And he's, you know, a wooden award candidate guy. That probably bodes well, right? If you're doing other things so well that he's not the confidence, even though he has had a few down by his standards games, uh, that's still still a good sign. And finally, the Tarheels. UNC. What are you concerned about? Over the last four games, here's their, here's their three-point shooting percentages over the last four games. 29% against Boston College, 33% against Wake, 38% against FSU and 28 against Georgia Tech. So 29, 33, 38, 28. Against Louisville, they shot 45%. So really look at the last four games. It's actually their shooting efficiency has actually has not been great over the last few games. And I think this is a byproduct of against Boston College and against you know Florida State. And to an extent, somewhat against Wake Forest outside of I guess outside of that second half, is that they've been really getting to the free throw line. And that's where they really have actually been getting a good chunk of their scoring is at the line because of how aggressive they get in the paint. But their outside shooting actually the last few games has not been very good. And I think that's something for me that I've noticed the last few games is that the shooting efficiency just hasn't been there. We've been so that's my concern right now. It's just it's a recent trend. Not that they're incapable, it's just a recent trend. The the my counter to that would be their their run here, their ten game win streak that mm-hmm. that vaulted them, you know, all the way up to top three in the country was built on defense. Oh, no. Trust me, I'm going to get into that. Okay. All right. Well, I'll, I'll save that. Just, <laughs> just gonna... because, like, they were kind of built in a way that if they hit a shooting slump, 
they could still find a way to be effective because, like, all right, if we're shooting poorly, we're making them shoot poorly too, and mm-hmm. we'll, we'll duke it out at the free throw line. And and they've they've had some success there. Uh, my concern is toughness down low. Is particularly the games when the scouting report sends Harrison Ingram to the perimeter more, and and you got to depend on Baycott and Washington and uh, a few others to be kind of your bruisers down low. I, I just haven't haven't seen enough there, and and obviously we are these are you know first class problems. These are we're nitpicking. My here. private jet fills up too slow, right? The example I always use. Uh, my caviar took took too long to come out from the kitchen. Uh, like it's very much that way. But you know, when you're a top three team in the country, you have to think about what's going to hold us back in the final four. What's mm-hmm. going to hold us back in the elite eight? So getting that nitpicky, I think yeah, you're looking down low and thinking. I want I want a little more out of my bigs. Uh, what are you confident in for UNC? To me, it's transition play, both defense to offense and offense to, de- to defense, because we have seen Carolina, when they're playing at their best this season, like you mentioned a little bit ago, is that when they're making defensive stops, w- w- since the the UConn game, their, their defense has been phenomenal. When they're making defensive stops and they're getting out in transition, that's when you're seeing guys like Ingram or Cadeau or Davis are getting buckets and layups in transition. They're crossing the half court line with like within two seconds of getting possession of the ball. That's when they're playing at their best because teams have trouble keeping up with them. But also, to me, they don't give up a lot of fast break points defensively. I think that's something that we overlook a lot. We talk about transition from defense to offense. Their transition defense, I think, is actually pretty phenomenal with getting back on defense and stopping fast break opportunities. My confidence. I, I feel like I'm doing this like every other week. Try not to overthink it. Uh, my confidence is R.J. Davis. Okay. He, you know, I saw uh, the the Wooden Award, whatever it is, semifinal finalist, semi, uh, they update the list throughout the season. Mm-hmm. And it's, he's on there and Baycott's on there. And I was like, and my gut reaction is like, well, R.J. Davis for sure. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah that guy? And, and, you know, then Baycott, I had my questions. Filipowski was on there and I had my questions. Like, uh, and uh, P.J. Hall was on there from Clemson and I had my questions. And I was like, all right, well, guess what? That must be a feather in the cap of R.J. Davis because mm-hmm. he was the one I saw. And I went, yep, <laughs> absolutely. That guy. So, so my confidence is the guy who I saw a national player of the year updated list. And the guy that I had no questions why he was on there, yeah, I'm pretty confident in that guy. Uh, so R.J. Davis is my confidence for the uh, the UNC Tar Heels. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.